In the introit of this Mass of Christ the King, we pray, the Lamb that was slain is worthy to receive power and divinity and wisdom and strength and honor. To him be glory and empire forever and ever. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. <clears throat> Our Lord, as you know, is a king. But he was not given a throne made of precious metals and jewels. He reigned from the wood of the cross. His kingdom was not of this world. He tells us that himself in today's gospel. And perhaps it was because of that that he had only a handful of souls that were always loyal, faithful to him. There was no one, of course, that was more faithful than Mary, our queen, our mother, who stood with him through thick and thin, while all was at its dark, darkest points, when the world had despised our Lord, his priests had hanged him upon the gibbet, his friends had run away from him through fear of the world, Our Lady herself remained loyal. When the world conspires against our Lord, and we feel that temptation, and believe me, it's no surprise. We all feel that temptation sometimes. When we feel that temptation to run away and hide, as the apostles did, we have but to look at Mary, who stands there firm, like a pillar of strength. But just as Our Lady was so very faithful, He also had, our Lord had his disloyal friends too, and no one was more disloyal than Judas. And his disloyalty was the worst sort. He was one of Christ's chosen friends, chosen by God himself to spend time with him, to live with him for three whole years, to receive so many proofs of the love of the Sacred Heart, and to witness so many miracles that proved our Lord's divinity and the truth of the faith that he was establishing. Yet it was those miracles that Judas used to betray his Savior. Did you ever think of that? You see, in the past, whenever his enemies tried to capture our Lord, he would hide himself miraculously from their sight and walk right through the crowd and escape. This he did more than once. And so Judas, being avaricious and always wanting to make a buck, he decided he would use these miracles to do so. He would sell his Lord to his enemies, thinking that all the while He'll do it again. You watch, Judas might have said. Our Lord will escape, and I will get my money, and all will be well. But it did not happen that way. It is sad that Judas used him as a way of making money. 
But here's how the world conspired with Judas to betray the king of the universe. It was Wednesday of Holy Week, the day before the great feast of the Pasch, on which the council, the Sanhedrin and the chief priests, they all assembled. And it was at the very same hour when our Lord prophesied to his apostles his coming crucifixion. This council, this terrible council, met not in public places, not the assembly room of the temple, which would have been proper in cases such as these, but secretly they met in the palace of Caiaphas, the high priest. The decision here was not whether or not they should kill our Lord. That decision had been made long ago. The The subject of this meeting was how they were to go about it. Should they do it openly and by force? Should they do it secretly and craftily by surprise? The decision to do it secretly won out. But they said, we cannot do it until after the Pasch is over. And they, the reason was they feared the people. At the Paschal season, there were many people from all over who come to Jerusalem to celebrate. And one author tells us that those crowds were always inclined to disturbances, tumults, and fighting. So they feared, because many of the the visitors were followers, followers of our Lord, they feared that the people would rise up and cause some sort of sedition. They feared, in other words, not God, but men. Just then, Judas, a friend and apostle of our Lord, enters the picture And he sees the priests, and he says, What will you give me, and I will deliver him unto you? Now Judas had entertained the thought of betraying our Lord for a long time. Remember that principle in the spiritual life that no one just falls away from our Lord all of a sudden. It happens little by little through neglect in small things, that gradually lead to a serious fall. Well, the rest of Judas' story you know quite well. As human beings, we have certain ways of learning things. One of them is, and this happens quite often, that we learn through the mistakes of others. And that is what we want to do today to learn through the mistakes of Judas. Because after all, it is the feast of Christ the King, and we wish to be loyal to our Lord. One author states that the fundamental cause that brought Judas to fall was his shallowness, his superficiality of character. And he said that Judas seemed to be a man of no depth or moral stamina. He couldn't lift his his thoughts to heaven and think of anything else 
but earth and earthly gain. But secondly was his worldliness and ambition. He did not understand the kingdom of Christ. He had this idea that many of the Jews did at that time, that the Messiah was to be a temporal king with an earthly kingdom. Judas believed that. With all his heart, he believed that. He had what we call a worldly spirit. And St. John says in sacred scripture, If any man love the world, the charity of the Father is not in him. The world, never forget it, it is the enemy of Jesus Christ and his gospel. What is the world? The world is composed of those who center all their happiness upon earthly things and pleasures and turn away from the happiness that our Lord can give to them. In fact, the world is such an enemy to our Lord that in his last solemn prayer, after the Last Supper, he formally excluded the world from his prayers. He would not pray for them. He predicted, our Lord did, that just as the world hated him, so it would hate and persecute all of his followers. So I ask you a question today. Do you desire to be near our blessed Lord? Judas did not. He left his place near our Lord at the Last Supper and thereby gave up his throne in heaven near our Lord. He wanted no part with him. If you desire to be with our Lord, to be near him, you must then unceasingly, uncompromisingly fight against our Lord's mortal enemies, and the world is one of them. They say that just as light and darkness cannot exist together because one necessarily casts out the other, so our Lord and worldliness cannot exist together in our heart. One will expel the other. Never will they be together. And that's the struggle of so many of our Catholics, particularly the, the youth. They want to be part of the world. They can't give it up and be separated from it. They want a bit of both worlds. But Judas' downfall is a confirmation of that principle. Jesus Christ and the world are mortal enemies. The worldliness brought about the third cause of his downfall, which was unbelief. Gradually, his worldliness, his desire for material things, blinded him to the faith and, and brought about its entire loss. This happens so very often. And his worldliness caused him to despise the discomfort of the life led by our Lord and the apostles, which was the fourth reason for his fall. When we become worldly, 
we no longer love the life of prayer or of penance. In Judah's case, he must have grown quite weary of the spiritual talks that our Lord gave to his apostles as he condemned the world and material gain and all of the rest of it. The friends of Christ, too, the other apostles, must have annoyed him because he no longer shared the same interests as they did. They loved our Lord, and he did not. And that separation eventually led to to Judas's despising our Lord himself. Now, it is truly the spirit of worldliness that brings about a fall. And there is no more dangerous time than the one we are going through today. No one speaks about heaven, eternity, hell, or anything like that. It's all about material gain and pleasure. But in these days, clear lines are drawn. We either belong to Christ or we belong to the world. We can no longer straddle the fence. And if we could, remember the saying, the fence belongs to the devil. To triumph over the world, it's not easy but it is simple. We must study the lives of the saints who are loyal followers of Christ the King. And a word to the young people thinking about vocations, whether to married life or the religious life. I so often hear this excuse, well, before I settle down, I'd like to see what's out there. I want to experience what goes on out there in the world. I want to just enjoy myself a little bit. Well, no, you don't need to do that. The world is the mortal enemy of Christ. What you need to do is to settle down, to look at Christ your King on the cross, and choose. May God bless you. In the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.